Hello, racing fans. Edison Hatter back with the final first over episode for 2022 for the Meadowlands. Second to last episode uh, overall. We'll have a Mohawk show out later tonight. But Meadowlands Racing, New Year's Eve, Saturday, December 31st, 2022. 14 races on the card, 6.20 p.m. first post time. Fan appreciation night. Uh, some deals on the concessions downstairs. Free racing programs to be given out to our fans on track. And fireworks. After the card, so a fantastic card to come out and join us for, and as my co-host will attest to, this is a very, very difficult handicapping weekend at the Meadowlands, but there will be prizes at the end of the rainbow for those that can conquer these uh, pick-four sequences. We'll discuss both of them on the Saturday card, and all of us will be discussing them. That is myself, Ray Gattolo, Mike Rabosi. Ray, welcome one last time in 2022. I, I, I guess they would be difficult for uh, the 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 uh, unweathered, but... This, this for me, this is, this is my, this is my stomping grounds. This is, this is a piece of cake for me. I got, I got everything you need tonight. Ray, you singled knock 10 last time we were on the show together from post 10. Well, that oh, you're, you're forgetting, well, Ed, that Ray, was he's out, about to cross the line. Oh, we finished finally. Ed, what you're forgetting though, is that was not out of handicapping. That was out of spite. <laughs> There's a difference. Well, Mike Proposey joins us as well. Uh, Mike. Happy end of 2022, start of 2023. I appreciate that. I, I can tell you with absolute certainty, I will never give you a horse out of spite. <laughs> to be fair, I said for those who did not want the spite ticket, they could use the winner of that race. It was good rocking. But I gave people the spite ticket still. I Ultimately, it's for the people to decide who they want to bet. I believe in democracy, Mr. Hatter. Well, we turn to this final card at the Meadowlands in 2022. Again, uh, 14 races on the card, and we've got um, a lot of out-of-town drivers. A lot of our main drivers take some time off. They usually do this this time of the year. So we're going to see probably the driver's colony we see on this card a lot throughout the winter. So the good news is that will lead to some uh, good payouts on this program if you should hit. And it also leads us to a lot of full fields this weekend. We have 23 races of the 28 with 10-horse fields. Nothing less than an 8-horse field, a couple 9-horse fields. One 8-horse field, the others are 9-horse fields. So a great big field, difficult handicapping puzzles. So the betting opportunities are there. But Mike Ray, let me turn to you two first before we dive deep into this card. For our newer listeners out there, I'd like you each to maybe give a name or two that are lesser-known Meadowlands drivers, but ones that you would use this weekend. And maybe it'll even help your price, too, since they might be lesser-known. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you. I don't know about lesser-known, but I, I I like the fact that Mark McDonald's here this weekend. I, I think that his style uh, will be – his aggressiveness especially will be quite useful uh, against uh, these big fields. And, uh, you know, it's not that he's an unknown driver. It's just that he's not there every uh, every weekend. I think that he's he's one that I would definitely be interested in playing in, in more spots than not. Everyone knows that I like Scott Zeron. He's a regular, but he's he's one of the ones that have stuck around, and I, I feel like that – that he's somebody that um, you know that, that requires attention for me. So it's it's those two guys for me that stick out. They're not lesser known guys necessarily, but I feel like that these are the guys that are going to win most of the races. So I think Mark McDonald um, combined with Scott Zeron, Joe Bongiorno, Yannick is there on Friday night. Those are kind of the four 
I think I lean to on morning lines. But, okay, come on, Ray. Mike kind of took the easy way out there with listing some of our guys that do drive there for Come on, Ray. I know you've got uh, the okay, gems well, the here's, guys. Here, here's the thing, and I want everyone to remember this. This is called horse racing. We don't call it driver racing. We don't call it hum- human spin-around circle go time or anything else. It's horse racing. When you're looking at the form, what matters most is what power do these guys have, no matter who the name is. Now, some of these guys have certain tendencies. For instance, someone like a Jordan Stratton comes over from Yonkers. He's he's somewhat versatile, but also he kind of leans somewhat in the way Scott Zeron does, where he'll be more patient than aggressive, but... Stratton knows how to be aggressive when he needs to be. Brett Beckwith is one where if he has a nice little speed horse, he can let that one roll. Uh, but he's also learning the ropes here and there of how how to also be a patient driver. Uh, Siegelman is great with pretty much anything he gets. There's, th- It's not like this weekend is scrapped for talent. There are tons of people who can get a horse around the track. And at the end of the day, it's just have an idea of what their tendencies are. And for the most part, a lot of these, we all know what Brennan does, for example, he'll, he'll try and go if he can, but you know, it's more about trying to observe what these guys tend to do with the power that they get. And from there figuring out, you know, what their strengths and weaknesses are. But for the most part, you know, it does, it doesn't matter who drive. We're going to see tons of drivers. You may have never heard of when Trey Porter is a nice up and coming guy. Who's great with horses from off the pace, but uh, it's, Again, it all comes down to the horses they have. They don't have the horse. They aren't going to be in the winner's circle. Sorry. Um, Comments I'll add to that, Ray. Um, Pretty similar to yours, though, in the sense that, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you're right. The goal is to handicap the horses. That's more or less what I do. Obviously, the driver and the driver (laughs) the horse gets will have some impact, obviously, on the race. But at the end of the day, I am trying to look for the best horse. And at the end of the day, these guys are all professionals. They do it for a living. Um, unless the unless literally Edison Hatter is listed on a horse, which in which case that should be an auto toss, even if it's like Bulldog. Um, I really have no issues with anyone listed this weekend at all. Um, the ones that I would highlight, um, Matthew Athern, oh, pretty good driver up there in Maine and uh, Plain Ridge as well. I know he's coming down for the weekend. He's been down a couple weekends in a row here as well. So I know there's a couple horses he has here that I kind of like at a bit of a price on the weekend. Um, he right also – you mentioned was, his, Sorry, I was going to say, uh, at, at, is it at, it's Athern, right? Athern. Uh, Athern. He he hasn't been sending horses, so I'll, I'll be interested to see what kind of speed he can make off the gate on the bigger track because he, he he tends to drive a bit pace, more patiently up at Plain Ridge and Maine and stuff like that. But again, like like you're saying, and we're saying, it these guys can do absolutely anything. Well, and you know what? I, the other, that's the other thing I was going to say, Ray, is I think you made a good point. Thinking about the trips these guys like to work out as well. For example, there's a horse that we'll discuss in the sequence later tonight. I like with George Brennan on. What I want the horse to do? To get to the lead. Well, George mm-hmm. Brennan's probably a pretty good guy to do that, right? Same thing for Bonjoro. There's a couple of these on I know like that. So, you know, that's the other thing I think to think about, too, is some of these drivers, their kind of tendencies when it comes to trips they work out and how that may affect their handicapping here. But uh, the three names I want to point out were Matthew Thurn, uh, Brett Beckwith, who we have seen some at the Meadowlands lately, and, you know, I really want to make the case for Trey Porter, right? You mentioned the name as well, but, you know, coming up from Maryland, was driving here at the Meadowlands a little bit last winter, picked up a win or two. But at the end of the day, what I always respect the most out of Trey is, is that whenever you get down to visit him in the paddock at Rosecroft, he is always reading a program. And I tell you, you know, like I asked him on Thursday night on that freehold Rosecroft driver's challenge night about his drives on Saturday. He already knew the fields. He already knew the horses. He had never driven them before, but he's read the program inside and out, knew what trip he wanted those horses to get. Whereas nothing personal, but a lot of our other drivers there probably couldn't tell me what they plan to do with their horses that night. So mm-hmm. I respect that a lot about Trey, and that also kind of 
elevate some of the horses he has for me this weekend because I know he's done his homework on these fields. But uh, with that in mind, we will get to this card. So, again, 14 races Saturday night. Pick five starts races one through five. We had a huge carryover, of course, uh, last time we were on last uh, week to discuss this here and had uh, nearly over $300,000 in new money bet. Just a phenomenal betting weekend in general to close us out for the holiday season there at the Meadowlands. And, uh, Ray, come on, I got Air Guitar at 15 to 1. Yeah, off of a what, five to two morning line, you couldn't have made it any easier for all of the syndicates and big money whales to pump their money through and get a nice little price. Uh, I, on top of that, I'm surprised you kept your well. You probably punched your bet before you saw the board because you I thought the wedding. So you are right. To be fair, yeah, because you saw that horse should have, and you were thinking, Rod, this horse should be four to five, three to five. If you would have saw fifteen to one, you would have not cashed that seven hundred dollars you had in your account. You would have been too scared. Well, 14 races on the card here at the Meadowlands. We will go on and get started uh, with race six as our first discussion point. Early pick four, 50-cent base wager, $50,000 guarantee pool, 15% takeout. Field of nine, claiming handicap, forty to 50000 You know, there's a lot of driver shippers this weekend. There's a lot of horse shippers, too. And especially in this race, uh, Mike, as we start with you, a lot of 40,000 Yonkers claimers in this field. Well, amazingly, they're in for a forty to fifty thousand dollar handicapping tag around here, so that sort of kind of makes me think that they fit that level, uh, and that's where they typically run a lot of high price claimers. Is at Yonkers, you see twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, even seventy five claimers at Yonkers. Uh, so these these horses are familiar with each other, and you know some of them prefer that smaller track, and I think some prefer the bigger track. I feel like that this is a a pretty difficult race, and we were talking about the morning line that you made prior to coming on this show here. I thought you got it fairly right. I feel like the inside three need to be used. Uh, Austro Hanover, that's a horse that you know was in a fifty claim or two back at Yonkers and showed speed and ended up getting swallowed up late. Ended up being protected in its last start. And raced okay, took money in that spot. Uh, the horse just isn't quite finishing miles, but the inside draw here, I think, you know, has raced at higher levels earlier in the year, needs to be used. The one as uh, another one racing in 40 claimers, has taken quite a bit of money, has won four starts, oh, five starts in its last seven. So, and eight races this year, that's a use. Captivate Hanover uh, hasn't been racing in claimers, but if you look back to that, uh, the race on December the 6th that that horse took money in that race and the the track was completely it was terrible so what they do they shipped to Philly and this horse has raced well two starts in a row raced well out of the eight hole against upper level and you get Burke and Brennan uh the other one is Ballarat Boomerang that horse has shown that it, it can it can win over this racetrack uh has a 52 and 1 mark from here last year has been flashing speed I like McDonald getting on this horse should be forwardly placed I thought it was a tough race. I'm going to try to get out of there using the one, two, three, and six, but you could make a case for others for sure. And I, I do, but I also admit of the horses you use, Mike, I think the smoking gun of my ticket potentially is Ballarat Boomerang because I, I didn't use this horse since I don't think he can go the gate to wire sprint and, you know, bottom out the field route that he usually does. But with McDonald in the bike, if there's anyone who can possibly milk a little bit more out of a horse that goes to the front and just tries to roll, Mark certainly knows how to do that. So all that to say, I wouldn't be surprised if that horse beats me out. But value wise, I think I'm going to try finding some other horses, even though I agree with 
uh, Brackley Beach, the argument that, you know, horses that like to win will probably win a lot. And this horse has shown, granted, he's had great posts over at Yonkers to the inside on the smaller tracks. He's been winning left and right, and he's doing it the hard way a lot of times, going first up and making moves into the faster parts of the races, taking money every time. He's pretty self-explanatory. Captivate Hanover, like you were, I was going to mention that. Not only was that track real wet on December 24th, if I remember right, Harris Filler, maybe I'm thinking of another. I, either way, there, there was a ton of mud or something, and it was so shiny. There was winds everywhere. The fact that Captivate Hanover even closed ground in that race is kind of noteworthy since this horse seems to be on an upswing. That could be a mark that that was an improved effort despite you know, horse still finishing second and only coming home in 30 and two. Uh, I throw two other horses on though in the five arrhythmic surge who had absolutely no room in that race last out. That looks like a typical suck along trip, but that Bongiorno had that horse in decent grips and the moment that horse had any room late was rolling. So maybe moving to the bigger track and making the third start off the injury scratch, which put this horse on the bench for about four months is what this horse will need. And Beckwith certainly can work some kind of trip for that one. I also threw on Sheriff on the class drop because again, coming from that Philly track, uh, didn't really race well against winners over 25, which is the top class they right there. Not necessarily a lateral move from the 50 claimers at Yonkers. So this is probably a softer bunch for him. The only thing I wonder is what kind of trip he works because he can kind of go towards the front or sit back. I feel like Zeron might sit back with this one and I just don't know how well he can finish, but at the same time, he might be an okay price. So one, three, five, eight for me. You know, to be fair, there's, there's kind of another way to look at this, at least from my perspective, morning line odds, is how much things move with new driver changes, with relooking at a race. So for what it's worth, there was two big movers in this race. Sheriff N was pretty high on the line. The more I looked at those lines, and then Zeron got listed as that TBA, slowly he came down to uh, the eventual number settled on at 6-1. to one. And the big mover the other direction was a horse that I still like. That's Noam Hanover, who started pretty short. We went off at 8-1. to one. See, I, the tough thing here for me is trying to determine class. The form is clearly good here at the Meadowlands. And I think the exact comment I used in the program comments is he's got a little bit of home field advantage here. I mean, everyone's coming in from Yonkers. He's been here at the Meadowlands consistently and has been racing really well. Um, Austin Seguin picks up the drive. We'll start him at 8-1. to one. Maybe they will come for. I'm not sure. But I use him as well here. But the 1 and the 5, I'll agree with there with Ray. And, uh, yeah, Ballarat Boomerang is maybe the one I'm kind of taking a bit of a stand against in this race. We'll see how much they come for him. And the three Ostro Hanover, see, that's the other thing. When you look at the two versus the four, no Hanover's race well against non-winners of 3,000, 5,000. They came pretty well at 9-2 to two for Ostro Hanover the last time out against non-winners of 10-5 here at the Meadowlands. Had that tough trip in the outer flow. So I got to suspect they'll be coming for him again. So I'll take a stand against really him and Boomerat Ballerang and using the 1, 4, and 5 for me here to kick off the sequence. The 6 has made 160,000 this year. Let's just... You know, keep that in mind. They got great purses over at Yonkers. And plus, speed horses that can't really go all the way on a mile track can do all right on a half. Yeah, he's pretty good, though, and he's won here before. He has. Just looking a little old. Seven track master rating of 86 or less as of December 27th. And uh, we'll got a field of 10 here. Scott Zeron, interesting choice here, going with the 10 from post 10 over uh, the, the, the 10 from post 10. That was a big thought. The 10 <laughs> over the 4 and the 7. In this uh, race, uh, Ray, what did you make of this one? Uh, this is a race where I, the only horses I have are horses I could even think about rationalizing 
like Gentleman Jim is a horse that I've seen only beat much weaker than this over at Freehold as of recently. So he's kind of a toss. I haven't liked how Highballer has been racing. So he's a toss. Italian Delights on off the sixth scratch. I think he might need a start. Linny called Frankie being off so many months. I don't think this horse is going to roll from post 10 at first asking. I don't know what to make a good rockin' either. It seems like when you go 50 and four, you move up in class. Sure, you might be able to put in a good race, but you're you're not going to have much value on the ticket, I don't think, unless all the money knows. <laughs> and then it's kind of like a you zig, we zag, but actually we zagged with you kind of you know, mental pretzel puzzle that sometimes trying to map tickets for value will cause you to spin around it. Point being, there are three horses I'm centered on for this ticket. Uh, Reigning Deo fits this level. Three starts back, was here at the Meadowlands, went an okay trip, just kind of sat along the inside. Never really got a chance to race until late in the mile to finish fourth, and then went to Yonkers, dropped in class, did absolutely what he was supposed to do, had a rough trip the week after. This horse probably will race better on the bigger track as he has shown before and we'll just need to get some kind of trip which i think strat can work uh the other two are kind of question marks for me but i'll still use for you know just just the chance of he's the right stuff has some interesting miles over at saratoga and an okay race against similar at the meadowlands on the 19th i i feel like this is one that maybe if he's just put into the right spot you know, second, third, maybe even fourth over, depending on how the race sets up. He could come rolling into the mix as just kind of a how did that horse win uh, kind of factor. Beyond that, Rockout Optimus hasn't been racing that badly either in his last couple of starts. He kind of sat at the pylons all the way yesterday, had a little seam open late, and he finished as strongly as he needed to. The, the start before that against High Baller, he also finished well. So he's he's seeming less like a fluke. Um as he was see as he was appearing to be, you know, in that Trackmaster series back in November, it's, it seems like he's kind of hit a better stride, even as an eleven year old, and will probably be forwardly placed and just needs to, you know, find the right room at the right time. Because, like I said, it's tough for me to use any of these other horses just based off of what I'm trying to what I'm trying to find in value and ability and weighting, you know, the risk versus the reward, all that fun stuff we should do as gamblers. So I'm four six seven. Mike. Yeah, I don't. I can't add all these colorful like blabbity blabbity bull. I don't know what what all that is, but um, I don't understand why you don't like Gentleman Jim because he's getting uh, a different situation. He was claimed last time by Jen Bongiorno, and now we're shipped here to the big track. So that's a, a huge difference for this horse. So it's hard to know what you're going to get, but I would expect improvement. And you get an inside post. You're not going to get much value, but I don't think that you want to leave this horse off the ticket. I'm not sure why you're against Highballer. That horse crushed two back, really probably, and was bet to do so, and then stepped up and and just was wasn't most uncomfortable the entire way around in that race. And I feel like that was race is much tougher than this one. And this horse really, while not being comfortable, still ended up being third in there, kicking twenty-seven and one. Really never got a chance to race whatsoever. I feel like getting Brennan is not going to be the worst thing. And if he's well met, he's going to be up close again. And then I talked to John Rollis a little earlier and, and he gave me the four reigning Dale. He agrees on that one. And uh, yeah, he's going to be doing the picks for NahuPicks.com this weekend. This horse has had tough posts at Yonkers. He's a closer there. I would say there's going to be some speed in the race. I feel like he could get lost on the board. And I agree with him with this trainer he has a chance, especially depending on how the race shapes. So I was two, three, four. 
Yeah, I ended up using uh, the two and the three there with you, Mike. I mean, Gentleman Jim the second, which, by the way, here's my Ray Catolo question, which is probably get like a 50-year answer that needs like three words. But, Ray, where does huh. our IE come from here at the end? Because, look, I mean, we've had like Oakwood Annabella IR. We see the breeding is by John Richardson and IR for Ireland. What is the IE? Uh, it's also Ireland. From my understanding, it must be some other moniker that's either related to, you know, Northern Ireland or mainland Ireland. Okay, so it's still just breeding notation. I mean, I don't figure yeah. it was, but I'm just curious. So. Okay. Anyway, Gentleman Jim, I will use here the second. Um, yeah, like like Mike said, I think it's a different spot. I mean, we've seen him round in the form. The last two Yonkers have been well. Obviously, I've called him many times out of Freehold and you know, I'm not sure what he's raced against down there versus this field, but it just seems like a different spot. I'm willing to give him a chance off of the claim here, but I definitely won't want to take too short of a price on him. So we'll see what he ends up being in post time. But I think the, high, the, the three highballer is going to attract a lot of attention here. Brennan for Alexander. This is one of the spots I talked about. George Brennan picking up here. I think it's a horse. We saw him crush on the front end, two back. Uh, clearly, that's the kind of trip that works well for him. I think we'll get it out of George Brennan tonight. So those two I'll use. And I'll take a chance on the nine good rock and moves up off of that big win last time out against easier draws post nine here. Trey Porter, another horse that made some movements on the morning line. I'm not sure how much they want to bet Trey here, but I've already told you how much I'm willing to bet him this weekend. So I will go use that one as well here. So a two, three, nine for me in the seventh. Cool. Race eight, non-winners of 7,500 in their last five starts. Uh, Mike, Speedy, Dominic, post five on the drop. I think he's going to be a short favorite. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I'm struggling what to do with, with him. He's been he's been batting his last two and just has found ways to lose. Uh, only three for 26. I'm sort of, I can understand using the horse. I, I prefer a couple others, though. Uh, the first one is the nine, Catch Me Conrad, who was bet in a tougher spot, three to one, and, and took an early move in that race and, and just kind of got run over late, went in a 55 and one half. That's too fast for him. He's better from off the pace. I think he should get a, a, a different setup here now with Singleman driving. And if he's just as well meant as he was last week, I, I do think that he has a big chance to win the race. And then the other horse is the two, Shavanko. Uh, this horse took a shuffle last time, ended up leaving from the eight hole, ended up fifth early, and then got shuffled the whole way back to last. That race ended up falling apart late, but he was live. He kicked 26 and four, locked room for quite a bit of the stretch there. And his last two races, he's been going forward. I'm not sure what sort of trip he gets here. I would expect him to be out early, and but needs to get into the flow. If he gets in the flow, I think he has a good chance. So two and nine for me. I can't believe you're leaving my single out. Oh, well, who would that be? And so rarely are you ever going to hear anyone say Dexter Dunn fell asleep at the wheel, but that's exactly what he did with Twin B Heartthrob two weeks ago. Well, this is a Woodbine horse that I know all about. I'm just. Well, well wait, that. was he? Uh, I, I don't. It, this is not a field that necessarily sparkles, it's one that he can race competently against yeah he had as much a chance in the world to win at this level two starts ago and i remember watching this race i i had money on him and i'm i'm shouting at my screen pull dexter pull dexter pull dexter and he, he never he never pulled the horse i don't know first up in his entire life he needs absolutely perfect trips to win that's just the kind of horse he is but but then you saw that this horse once bottled up. Dex is basically at a 180-degree angle parallel to the ground, restraining the horse. The horse really wants to go, gets no room until the final 
70, 100 yards of the race and and so, and starts going. Immediately, it's not as fast as you think he could roll home, but, you know, it's, it takes a while for a horse to hit his gear. Mark McDonald's probably a much better fit for a horse like this to get into a position he needs to and just not get bottled up like he did two starts ago. Every other horse in this field, to me, is expendable. A speedy Dominic, like you said, finds ways to lose. Paternity suit is one that is great at getting checks, but struggles to just get his head in front of the finish line. Catch me, Conrad. I don't know how this horse is going to be raced. I agree with you that he should be positioned um, from off a helmet, and maybe because he has that outside post, he does get a trip like that. But also, I could I could see Siegelman maybe leaving off the gate with this one, depending on you know who's at the gate, who's deciding to leave. Because let's remember, you know, a lot of these guys will make decisions right at the gate of what they want to do. That might be their BC plan, just because others might not be wanting to leave. Or all, all, all that said. Uh, I need and I need something to kind of anchor this ticket around for cost sake and also value sake. And to me, Twin B Heartthrob seems like an, an okay single just because three starts ago the horse was okay at Harris Philadelphia. Seems like he can be better on a two turn track. And Mark McDonald could probably not make the mistake Dexter Dunn did two starts back. I'll take a single as well, a different direction. I guess I kind of hinted it in the preview. I'll take Speedy Dominic. I mean, look, he's dropping down in class. There's no Belmont Royal in this race. There's no Rockney Ace. There's no Toronto. There's no The Claw. I mean, I, I, they're all horses that I guess you all may not necessarily think of high of as I do, but since I do think of highly of them as I do, I, I just think that on the drop here, he's going to be the one to knock off. Perfect post five draw, Joe Bongiorno aboard. I, I think he can work out the trip here for him. So I'll just go in and single Sabidi Dominic, move on. Um, and like you, Ray, I'm looking for something to anchor this pick four round because obviously the other legs are not easy. I'm going to go four deep in the next one. So that's the single to keep us to an $18 ticket. So I'll single Speedy Dominic. You'll single Twimby Heartthrob. Mike, you use a couple. Race nine, non-winners of 10500 in their last five. Ray, what do you use to finish it? Uh, three deep in a race that I also – it's it's just who who has some kind of form in my mind. Uh, Ocean Colony is an interesting one because I think this horse draws into an okay spot where Zeron can push the horse into a tactical striking position and, and may, and maybe capitalize on Last time this horse won, he was a hundred to one at Plain Ridge. So maybe, maybe I'm kind of living in fairyland. Huh? I said, I love those kind. <laughs> I, I, I like cashing on them. That's why I give them out at uh, Yonkers when I do TV. But that said, this spot, I, I'm not too thrilled with a bunch of other horses. And like I said, I could just I could see the, a race falling apart to, for a horse like this to win versus other ones inside this field. Aside from that one, I'm, I like two others. Bobcat Bay has raced okay here at the Meadowlands in the last couple of weeks. Had an okay start against the Bird Dance last out. Just kind of ran out of racetrack, finished second, even though the Bird Dance wasn't really losing that race off that trip. Um, and then had a win against... A slightly weaker three starts ago in a decisive way beat some okay horses in leon david uh or horse genuinely fits this class i threw i'll drink to that onto this ticket because the horse makes sense i don't know what smith's gonna do because smith for the most part will kind of take horses back and and let the race kind of come to him but he he can make speed when he needs to and this is a horse that can launch off the car so if smith decides to put this horse into the mix i want to get the decent price he's probably going to be in this race uh, because the horse will be in the position he needs to be to win. If the horse has to come from, you know, third or fourth over, he's probably not winning the race, but you know, he's going to be an okay price in the multis. I'm going to, I'm going to take a chance that maybe I'll drink to that will be put into the spot he needs to be. So I'm going to be one five, nine in the last leg. Mike. No one for me. Uh, good luck with that. 
Um, well, Ray liked him too back at uh, fifty-four to one, if I remember correctly. Well, he was seventy to one last time and never really got a call, except for you know. I think Ken said he's languishing in the back, if I remember. So maybe he'll not languish in this race. But um, the two white cookie, I think, is a must choose because this is a drop. And if you look three back at Yonkers, now was a ten thousand. He won. He's capable over this racetrack. He likes to win. This is a perfect spot for him. And I think that he's going to be tough. Uh, Bobcat Bay, I can see. He was in that bird dance race and, and made up a lot of ground late, even though the horse did get a perfect trip and the horse was second over and did kick 27. The horse has been finishing races. And uh, the last three, I think, are solid, but probably takes money in the race. And uh, the other horse I like, and I like quite a bit, is the eight mode of Hanover. And if you look at that, I, I mentioned that uh, December 6th race at Yonkers in the slop. He won from the eight hole in there and made this crazy three wide move around the last turn and was never losing. And, you know, it, out of that race, um, you know, there's been horses that have raced well coming out of there. So, you know, I, I feel like that was a key race and then st- got stuck with another eight hole stepping up to numbers at 10,000 and really had no chance. This horse has 17 wins the last two years, has a win over this racetrack uh, in 50 and two this year. So, I feel like that this horse can get sort of lost on the board, can get a setup, and is going to be moving forward late. I feel like he's dangerous and interesting. So I'll use that one. So two, five, and eight there to finish. I will use four of them here. So the two white cookie, you know, this is a bit of a class drop, as you mentioned there, Mike, but the form just hasn't been that solid recently, minus that win three back. But I mean, look, here's the thing he's got five wins this year, 49 and one at the Meadowlands. He was really getting it rolling heading into Hamiltonian weekend. Uh, he, through the summer, he was very good here, but I just think he's going to be massively taking a lot of money in this spot when I'm just not quite sure where his form is at at the moment. So I'll use him, but I don't love him. So that's why I use some others here. Bobcat Bay, obvious choice for me here from uh, post five, Jordan Stratton here coming off of the win last, or coming off of that the second last time out, beaten only by a length. And then I like the nine, I'll drink to that. And I like the 10, don't pass me Hanover, both on those class drops, but I don't love the post, but I'll toss them in two, five, 9 10 to close it out for me we will give out our tickets at the end so that was our early pick four preview so we'll jump right on along to the late pick four races 10 through 13 race 10 is now winners of 14,000 in their last five mike where do we go to start the late pick four i struggle with this race a little bit uh, ultimately i landed on two horses and the the first one would being the five the bird dance who i just thought i know had a, a perfect trip last time but really never looked a loser in the race and as soon as he pulled he was gone you know the uh the horse bobcat bay in second close but was no danger whatsoever and i just feel like that he's gonna get a very similar trip in a race that he fits so i know this is written numbers of fourteen thousand. this does not scream a numbers of fourteen thousand like bunch to me i feel like a lot of these horses are struggling especially at this level and He's, he's the horse that's in form and I think should be good here and will be up close. They will have to come catch him. The other horse I used is the one, uh, Ultima Roca. And that horse has been racing at upper levels at Yonkers. You see numbers of 30,000, two and three back, and then was two to one against numbers of 20,000. The horse has some excuses. Uh, it's kind of been even recently, but has made money this year, likes to win, gets back to the bigger track, has proven over that sort of racetrack. I, I just feel like that he could get sort of a following type up close trip with Pantaleano. That He's due to, to get some wins here 
I think this weekend could be the time. I'm 1-5. I I thought about singling the bird dance in this spot purely because, A, the horse stands out on paper. But also, you know, when you spread using a horse like the bird dance, that cuts the equity of your ticket and the expected value in the long term, where then you, you wonder if you'd be better off just trying to take the shot, singling the bird dance, or trying to use other horses. That said... I may end up singling the bird dance on my ticket for sake of talking about this race. I'm three deep. The only other two that I use are Bailey's rock coming out of that Belmont Royal race. That was a much stronger group than this is. I agree with Mike on that. And the horse has been doing nothing wrong, getting checks week in week out, climbing up the class ladder, proving that he belongs in the higher levels of the condition sheet gets a good draw too. was likely going to be in the usual spot. He's supposed to be and could probably win from there. And I'm not like, I may like three in heaven as a horse, but I don't want that to be used against me and thinking the horse can stand a chance in this spot here, just because I, I watched that race at freehold and it reaffirmed to me that Siegelman probably knows how to, how to drive this horse. This horse should never be first over it. You send this horse and you either are on the lead or you sit and then you just keep going. He seems to be a headstrong case in that way. So I expect Siegelman to probably drive this horse accordingly. What kind of price or value we'll get on him? I, I don't I don't know. It's definitely not going to be the 26 to one he was on November 26th, but he's the only other horse in this race I could feasibly see standing a real good chance unless Ultima Roca turns everything around and can just go gate to wire in this field. Like he has in the past. I I don't know how you can find it that he'll be able to do that. What inclinations he'll give you that he's going to be ready to put in a trip like that, especially off those last few lines, but it's a drop though. Maybe dropping in class is enough for the source to wake up. Sometimes it happens. I, for me, I'm two, five, six. I would not argue about singling the bird dance because it's not like I'm really using a bunch of great prices around him in this leg yeah you're using three morning line favorites right i know for affirming i did my job correctly okay so uh the one ultima rock is interesting to me you know my program comment is that he's nearly identical to the horse in the race before him in some sense which is why cookie of course is also from the bird brigade in that uh you know had a lot of success here this year eight wins so far this season went sub 150 over this track but that's quite a while ago at this point he is dropping down in class but I just, the form lines don't excite me as much as White Cookie, so this one I am willing to throw out, and I will just use two. I'll take the Bird Dance and Three in Heaven. As you mentioned, I really have liked the way Austin Siegelman's uh, got along with him in the two times he's seen this one, so five, six for me. Cool. Race 11, claiming handicap 20 to 25,000. Ray, if you're still using that proof version of the program, you're aware of the scratch, correct? Keystone Steam is out, no AE draws in, nine horse field. There we go. If you are using the uh, proof version, that is what you should take note of. If you most likely are not, you can just ignore what we just discussed. Nine horse field here for this claiming handicap. But Ray, who do you like in this one? Uh, Tinfoil hat capping says Texas Terror should blow them out because this is the absolute last time this horse can race. And not it would true. be. Wait, uh, I mean, wait, are they really going to ship him to British Columbia? That's a long walk for a horse. Remember, he can race in New Jersey in the amateur races. So that's why I'm being careful with all these oh, horses. Oh, that's right. Before I say, like, you know, like, oh, last career star, blah, blah, blah. Like, I've been very close to saying that on some of these program comments. Like, well, I mean, technically, we don't know for sure. So. I, for, is, I forget when that rule was instilled. That's a rule that's always existed. Because for the yeah, most part, year. 
Yeah, I was gonna say for the most part, when a horse turns fourteen, they just they they go into retirement land and you know do things like eat grass, which I hear our elderly also love to do. But aside from all of that, I struggled to find anything in this race. This was this was one where, and these claiming races tend to be tricky in this way too. So they they tend to bring all these horses together, and you know Mike has experience with this because. I, I cannot do the claimers at Mohawk, for instance, because there there's so much trading blows and horses getting the upper hand on other horses. Just however you can figure that out, I don't know. And the and these Meadowlands races are kind of looking like similar puzzles in that way, too. Uh, so for me to try and find some semblance of anything to talk about here, I, I mustered two horses that I could see winning. Marty Monkhauser, obvious coming off of a blowout win as the favorite off of an okay race two back, maybe a sign that this horse is moving in a better direction horse probably fits this level with all of that. And the other one, maybe Jonathan Ali gets his first Meadowlands win of the year. At least I, I'm just going off of what it said on the forums. I'm pretty sure. Am I right in saying that Ed? Has he, has he won yet this year? I don't believe he has a Meadowlands win. I believe that would be his first. And, and, and you know, he's got an okay one in our oh, third oh, rock. Oh, sorry. Uh, um, outside of GSY. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, on the stat sheet, it said over 38. So I, yeah, I that, that sense early November. Cause he became a professional driver really starting in November, early November. Um, yeah, not, those GSY races. So, yeah. and I remember he won a couple of those GSY races. So that, that, that's GSY why, no, that's no why I want to be careful. Yeah. yeah. But, um, th- this one gets an okay draw third start off the sixth scratch. Ollie raced. Okay. With him two starts back when the race was kind of falling apart. When Sergeant Papa daddy was just rolling along on the lead. Or no, it was third edition rolling on the lead. Sergeant Papa Daddy was right behind him. Finished well to finish fifth and then closed well on a half mile track. This horse is screaming to be racing well or to be preferring two turns just with how hard he can gain ground on the smaller tracks. And I don't really see a lot much else in this field that can gain in the final quarter. So that might be an advantage for Ali. And this horse is going to be a great price too. So I, I'm I'm two six. Honestly, I haven't thought about singling the six because he's the only horse I really like in it's the race. The five, but oh, the five, yeah, Arthur. I I wrote it on my past performances because I'm using the proofs, but I keep forgetting. So two five for me in that race. But I would think about singling the five, our third rock. How do you find these horses that are always like fifty to one, eighty to one, one hundred six to one in their last three starts? And, and well, my morning line be... is good, right? I mean, Wait, what do you have him at? You have him at 15, 15 to 1. Well, here, here's the thing, Mike. When you want this crazy stuff, I start thinking, oh, gosh, let me think about this. <laughs> here, here's the thing to remember, Mike. When you want to make scores, you either let luck carry those scores for you or you fi- try to reverse engineer how those scores occur. And sometimes it's trying to find horses like that one that could win. Okay. That's um, what it's about. That's fine. I don't use the five. I, I do use Marty Monkhauser. I agree with you that that horse is racing well. Has won a 25 not that long ago. Yonkers just crushed for 15 and, and ships in, steps up. No problem with him whatsoever. The four, I think safe and sound Hanover will be moving forward late. I think that horse definitely has the ability to do that. He has 27 lifetime wins. He's closed in several starts here versus claimers recently. No chance at freehold last time. I think he fits versus this bunch. And then the eight, uh, sec- what is it? Secrecy? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this horse is racing well at Yonkers at the level, showing speed and has been favored. Its last two starts did win two back at the level. I, I think that uh, this horse fits and is going to be up front. I, I would expect that they're going to have to catch him. I don't see a ton of speed in the race that that's really going to 
you know, give give him too much of a tussle. I mean, the two's going to go, but other than that, I'm just going to be against the three here. I feel like everyone's going to be all in on him. Can he beat me? Sure he can, especially off those couple lines. But um, I don't know. The driver change does concern me. Two, four, eight. You know, so whenever you punch a wrong ticket, you're usually supposed to stick with it, right? So what are the rules if I sent in to FanDuel TV the wrong picks accidentally for this late pick four ticket? Do I have to play both pick four tickets now? No, you have time to switch it. If yeah, you yeah, figure yeah. it out three days ahead, I think you're okay. <laughs> well, I guess I was really excited about this possibility of a numbers thing. I thought my late pick four was the five six with two four five with two four five with two four five. It turns out I got a little too kick clicker happy. It's not a two four five two four five two four five. It's two four five two four five on the end. This race is two three eight. I messed up. So two three eight here. I think I, my numbers got messed up with that scratch anyway. So I will not be using the five there, Ray. Uh, how, how how can you guys not follow what I'm saying, but follow anything that Ed just said? <laughs> two three eight is what I will use. Texas Terror is the top pick here. I mean, come on, Ray. This is poetic. He has. He's been so close knocking on the door his last couple. I, I will say this probably is his last start, but he's sharp enough they won't throw him in GS wide as they could. So I shouldn't say that. They very well may. But it could be his last career start. I mean, come on, he has to get it done here. Uh the two Marty Monkhauser YouTube already talked that one to death. Definitely is included. And the eight secrecy I'll toss in as well. Uh, this appears to be a class drop from some of those claimers seen over at Yonkers. Forms them pretty solid. Has to work out the perfect post date. Jim Panliano is in the bike, and, um, you know, it's a small sample size for what it's worth, but he is over 14 here at the meet, so that doesn't super excite me, but I know he's capable, of course, of driving a horse, so uh, I think with the right trip, secrecy could get it done, too. So 238 for me in the 11th. Mike, race 12, Trackmaster 83 or less. Game of change. They have had the money for him the last couple. Hasn't shown a lot. Are you using him here? I am just because I, I don't really trust anyone else. I and my initial ticket, I had them all here, but I just I struggled with the race. I struggled with these track master rating type races. I, I'm not ashamed to say it. Uh, Game of Change is going to wake up eventually, and I, I feel like that he's in a good spot here. Really should have no excuse if he's anything like he was three and four starts back. So I think I'd use that one. The the wall, the three horse was was tough first over last time in a race that ended up falling apart late. I feel like a better trip could equal a better finish. And then the nine, um, no, I don't like the nine. <laughs> I like the nine. I like something about him. I can't remember. I I, I can tell everyone what you like yes, about please, him. Please. Oh, I did like that two back line. Kick twenty seven <laughs> and one. Uh, no chance in his last race and. Uh, Tyler Miller picks up the drive. The horse does like to win one three nine. Well, I was just the other thing is Tyler Miller can certainly send this horse. This horse needs to be put into the race. If this horse does not blast off the gate, just tear the ticket up. He's he's not gonna win. He, he's one. He's always been one dimensional like that from the days that he was racing at Fraser Downs for Jim Marino in the open paces as a five, four or five year old, however old he was. But he dominated up there. That said, he makes sense here. I. Do I don't know what to do with Game of Change. That last race isn't really as bad as it looks on paper because you got to remember, Good Rockin' blew away that field. So sure, Game of Change lost by nine lengths, but he was gaining some positions. Came home in twenty-seven and one. This race doesn't set to be a kind of speedball race like that one was. His main issue is that he's been too too hard used at the half. You look you look 3 starts ago, well 3 starts ago he was locked in. 2 starts ago was driven more aggressively after being locked in and then that bit him in the butt. And it looks like that last line he was able to settle a bit more and get into the race when he needs to. There's certainly arguments to be made that the horse 
stands a better chance here today and it has not really been regressing but has just not really been getting the right situations he needs to still have some learning to do blah 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 he's also three to one on the morning line so you could just see the morning line favorite and punch it and not really figure out why aside from him Let's go to Brazil. I don't know what to do with here, but I, I use because the horse fits on this track. That race at Freehold, Smith took him off the speed. And sure, the, the winds were like, what, 30, 40 miles per hour there, Ed, during that on Christmas Eve? They, they, were, they were strong, weren't they? Um, now, let me think. So this was race nine, the preferred, right? It was starting to get a little bit lighter by towards the end of the card. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it was... It was very cold, very windy, and the track was, I believe, listed fast, but, um, you know, it did receive a lot of precipitation, obviously, uh, leading into um, that card with the weekend. So, yeah, and yeah, the, we get. And the same set for Philly, by the way, if we're looking at the Philly race. Mm-hmm. Obviously. And, and the, the issue I have with that line is let's go to Brazil was on, was on a line for pretty much that entire race, and I couldn't tell if that's because the horse was... You know, if Smith was fighting the horse, trying to get the horse to sit back, even though the horses sat back okay, or maybe just uh, maybe Estrada did some equipment changes that didn't fit the horse. I, I, I don't know. It, it felt so uncharacteristic from the line from the let's go to Brazil. We've seen race at the Meadowlands in the past that I'm thinking maybe just in a return to soil gets gets back into a groove and will maybe be an okay price off that dud line. The wall makes some sense here. He went an okay race um, and in that mile that fell apart and Adriano Hanover swooped by them all to win, uh, tried going first over, but then kind of stalled because, you know, the horse, the horse has pretty much one move to him, but when he makes that one move at the right time, it's, it can, it can get him where he needs to go. So it's going to be up to Pantaleano to try and put this horse into a spot that hopefully isn't first over, maybe second, third over would be okay for one like this. And, you know, that was also his first start in what, two weeks. So that, that was somewhat of a stale date horse again is having about two weeks off, but maybe a slight bit more recency will help. I, uh, again, we're all, we're all just guessing here. Uh, beyond that, like, like Mike was saying, boiling ore makes sense. So I'm one, two, three, nine. I will use three in here. I guess I've already previewed it, right? Two, four, five. So uh, we'll go. Let's go to Brazil here. Um, much the same reasons Raiders already mentioned. Uh, we'll toss in like clockwork there off of that third last time out. I mean, again, I think with several of these races this weekend, it, it, class is kind of a questionable concept in the sense that he just has raced against back matches to 83s, two races in a row, finished third last time, tough post two back. But this just feels like a softer field than that one. So in that sense, might not be worth looking at the class, really. So I'll include him and the five Luke Rocks I also used, who, I mean, I realized the last two here at the Meadowlands weren't spectacular, but the recent form looks okay over there at Yonkers. And um, I don't know, perfect perfect middle pack post roll. And I really not sure what else to use in this race. So it's two, four, five for me here, but nothing I feel super confident about. The only thing I do know is that I think I've seen enough of Let's Go or seen enough of Game of Change for now. And they certainly will be coming for him, I think, on the betting board. So I will take a stand against. The two four five for me as we go to race thirteen. Nominers of three thousand in their last five on the pace. Ray, close it out for us. Uh, so this this last leg, I I was trying to just figure out who a could be close to the pace and b who can go forward in the final quarter mile. This race is loaded with horses that in the final quarter just backtrack cannot move a step for whatever reason horses on the lead get away from them they end up just chasing they might be tired who knows they're animals they they got minds of their own i found three that might make some kind of sense bet on blake i hate the fact that this horse never finishes his miles hasn't finished his miles since november 5th when racing has an hour is a 10,000 
and at the same time, you know, this is there's a this is a coin flip kind of situation. This is one that's been falling way down the class ladder. So on one side of the coin, you say, "Well, now he's in a spot where if he was racing against now he's at ten thousand, twelve thousand. Clearly, he had some ability. Maybe now he's at the bottom level. He'll wake up." Or the other side of the coin is, well, there's a reason why he's falling down the class ladder. Horse isn't necessarily as sharp as he has been. Uh, he's he's somewhat regressing, and he might he might just need to find something to wake him up. With if the class is what wakes him up, then maybe it is. But who knows? Uh, aside from bet on Blake, Regal Escape is one that can kind of gain some ground. Went an okay race there at Saratoga last out, even though that was a race that just totally collapsed the speed was going way too hard and then closers were able to kind of get up into the mix, but his races at Vernon aren't too bad either against, you know, similar bunches. The horse is somewhat gaining at the end and just needs to be put a little bit closer into the race to be a bit more of a factor. And beyond that, may- maybe Mark McDonald just launches whole lot of Lou and just tries to go on a speed mission. This horse can get off the gate from post 10 will need to be put into the mix with some sort of speed. And also looks like he has the class to, you know, justify going to the front and then never looking back. So four, six, ten for me to wrap it. Two, four, five for me, which I think I've already previewed. The ghetto wizard here, I will uh, use in the class drop. Bet on Blake makes a similar drop. Fact that I think will become my price play of the night. And I don't know, Ray, Ray, can you please explain to me why I've fallen so in love with this five horse and keep picking him week after week after week? William McWhiskers, um, excellent questions. Ba- or based off of what Mike said, if you find horses that are forty-four to one, twenty-five to one, forty-one to one, you should go home. <laughs> I mean, I, I look. I just know what he did here this spring. It's another perfect draw. At some point, I just so expect him to wake up. I, I, I really, to be fair, I really thought last time was the time, and clearly the public did too at seven to two. But that line was absolutely no good, so I'm not really sure why in the world I'm using him again here. But you know, ten thousand dollar pick fours have to happen with some sort of horse on there. So two, four, five. Uh, Mike, what do you got? Uh, first off, how do you know it's Blake? What if it's Balake? That, that I'll that's that's on Balake. I will ask. I will ask Ron Burke for you Friday night. Anyway, that horse was off a month last time before that race prior on de- on December the 13th and was gunned from the rail at Yonkers and, and tired after being off a month. So now gets back to the big track and should be up close. I agree on the 10, also a whole lot of Lou. You get McDonald and a horse that's going to be gonna be gunning early. Sloppy track last time. Horse took money in that race. You know he's going to be up close. Can he finish it? We'll find out. Uh, and the other horse is the two, the Ghetto Wizard. The horse at least is is facing tougher, has an excuse, doesn't really win a whole lot, but has been had wide trips recently and should get a little bit of a setup. So I think he could be moving forward uh, you know, at, at the end of the race. So I was 2-4-10 there to finish. An important note that I just for, realized we should probably open with, uh, Saturday night, going to rain, 47 degrees, quarter of an inch of rain slated for Saturday night at the Meadowlands. So we're probably looking at a sloppy track, which we saw the sloppy track plays in the past. Lots, lots of chaos can potentially There's happen. Be chaos time. anyway in these races. It's this is if you can cash tickets on this night, you're going to get paid. It's going to be wild. I think mm-hmm. it's also supposed to be unseasonably warm for whatever it's worth. But, but I was just saying, and you know, when when the track kind of thaws like that too, you get you can get different outcomes. Like we've seen speed not hold like it did on that sloppy night on December third. I think it was. Um, so that could be the case. Also, weather the Weather Channel website wants to know what the biggest winter weather threat to your home is. So if it's damaging winds, drafty windows, doors, ice stars, frozen pipes, or I don't own a home, please please let them know. They they're they're real interested. 
I think it's hurricane damage for you, Ray. Uh, is that a threat? I think that's the biggest threat to you in, in Central PA. Hurricanes, um, earthquakes. Um, if at the same time, I'm worried. Tornadoes, tsunamis, tsunamis. That's a big danger in Harrisburg. I, I don't have a lawyer. <laughs> uh, all right, so we got some pick four tickets to give out. But before we do, you know, for once, Mike, we got the show under an hour with Ray talking. So I've got the extra two minutes. So I get to ask Ray my good, useless question. We're going to let him rant for two minutes. So, Ray, it's college football bowl season. So, like, tomorrow's the weirdest one ever, right? Because it's the Duke Mayo's Bowl, and the winner, winning coach has to have mayo dumped on their head. So if well, Ray Catolo got a bowl, it's the blank bowl, and the winner gets what? Uh, I, I feel like I shouldn't be able to answer that question. That should be something that everyone else has to answer for me. Because if, if that was, I would choose, like, the least likely substance to ruin my day, the water bowl. I, I, I just call it a shower, to be honest. Uh, orange juice bowl if I'm thirsty and, you know, I'm a little low on vitamin C because not, not a lot of us get the vitamin C we need day in, day out. And you know, scurvy's making a comeback from what I hear. Um, beyond that, well, Mike, you're not necessarily in the same circles as me over over in whatever land you are. I, I, I'm deep on the pulse of modern dentistry. Scurvy's uh, making a comeback. Um. Beyond, like, like, it just doesn't feel. It feels like I can give a biased answer that also includes the question of why in college do we give? Well, I mean, I know why in college we give everything in bowls, but I can't really talk about that here. But it's still the question remains: why? Why is everything a bowl? Why is it the spaghettios bowl, and then they get spaghettios poured all over them? Ooh, and. and how, on top of that, how do you rank the bowls? What? Ed, tell me, what's the most prestigious college bowl out there? The Rose Bowl. Okay, so the well, Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl is better than what? Well, okay. The Cotton uh, Bowl. The Rose Bowl is better than the Cotton Bowl, but the Cotton Bowl is better than the what? The Sugar Bowl. Peach Bowl. Well, the okay, Peach the big, Bowl. The, the, the Rose Bowls, of course, always <laughs> been the big daddy of them all. But now that we have college football playoffs, I it's guess the, the grand daddy of them all. Championship game, you know so. Okay, so so it's the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl gets a parade and everything else, but the Rose Bowl gets moved this year to Monday, January second, instead of New Year's Day because NFL Sunday. Ed, how hard is this question for me to, for you to answer? It's the Rose Bowl. Then what's the second? Well, I mean, again, it's a loose. Oh my god! It's a national title game. The national title game is definitely up there too as a prestigious. You but freaking rocket scientists! Well, everything is relative when you think about it. This is who what, who gets the championship bowl? What's the semi championship bowl? What's the semi okay, semi championship? Rotated every year. What? How how does anyone understand this? Ray, I think the Cheez-It Bowl is the most prestigious one because it's going on right now and I'm losing money because Florida State doesn't know how to play football. I've been trying to hold that in for the last 15 minutes. Don't don't say Cheez-Its. I haven't had my dinner yet. Is there anything that you won't bet on? No, there is not. Uh, uh, we, were, we were looking at European darts the other week when we were bored of the Meadowlands. But anyway, I digress. All right. Pick four tickets times. Early pick fours. Starting in race six, uh, Ray, what do you have for us? All right. Uh, my early pick four starts with the one, three, five, eight in race six. Race seven, I use the four, six, seven. Race eight, I'm singled on the three twin B heartthrob. And leg nine, I have one, five, nine. So that's $18 for 50 cents. And of the two tickets I'm going to give out, that's the one I'm most confident in. Mike. Come on, double that. It's 36. So one, two, three, six with two, three, four. With two nine, with two five eight, trying to beat a couple favorites in this sequence. 
I'll go one four five with two three nine with five with two five nine ten and uh well Mike, since Ray opened the door to it, um are you more confident in this ticket or the late pick four? This one, because the late one is I, I think is extremely difficult. I mean there was there were a couple races I feel like that you could you could buy. That's how hard they are. Um yeah, the the this the late pick four I think is very difficult. Yeah, I think I like this one as long as Speedy Dominic as a single can go on and get it done. So eighteen dollars for me, uh one four five with two three nine with five with two five nine ten, which I think I already said anyway. Uh late pick four Ray, starting with you. Uh the other thing I'll say is, you know, because because it's going to be sloppy that night at the Meadowlands. Uh, these are good. These are the numbers I'm looking at now. Chances are, when you have the first five races to look at, track might be playing certain ways that you might want to find certain horses that might benefit from how the track is looking to be playing because of the moisture in the ground or not. It just just remember to be dynamic in your betting. But anyway, here are the numbers you must stick to, or else I will find you. Two five six in race. Ten. Hey, Ray, I better write this down then, if that's the case, because I know you can find me. So. Well, I, I'm going to hurt you either way. For I'll find a reason. Okay, you know, you, yeah, I, I'll hear about whatever minus fifteen thousand team you bet instead of you know giving a Christmas present. Two, five, six in race ten. That's the, that's the first leg of the late pick for uh, race eleven. I'm two five. Race twelve, the third leg. I'm one two three nine. And then race thirteen, the final leg. I'm four six ten. That's thirty six dollars for fifty cents. All righty, Mike. Mine's cheaper than that. Uh, start out with one five, then with two four eights, with one three nine, with two four ten, twenty seven for fifty cents. Well, mine could be cheap. I might just single Jonathan Ali then in that in that second leg just to have the cheapest ticket. Good luck with that. Ray, just give me the eighteen dollars. Oh, oh, what would that $18 mean to you, Mr. Hatter? Which I should well, what would those John- pennies mean in the pocket? <laughs> I should clarify, Jonathan Ali's another name, by the way. He's been working lately for Noel Daly. He's driven some of Noel's horses pretty well. So that's another up-and-coming name that I think is very bettable on the weekend. I don't think this horse is bettable, which is the problem. And especially if Ray's on him as a single, horse is no good. Really, Ray, you're the problem here. Not Look, the th- there's no such thing as a bad 50-to-1 shot. That's all I have to say. I think there is. Oh, there's okay. plenty of them, believe me. Well, not the ones I find. They usually are pretty good. Again, Ray, we're watching your last couple 50-to-1 shots given out on the show, and they're getting ready to finish. They're almost the line. Well, it's also not my fault that Scott Zeron doesn't. I If I was there to give Scott Zeron a pep talk with Knock 10 and say, look, buddy, it might look impossible, but if you just put your heart in it and your mind and spirit on the goal, you can make anything happen. But no one was there to pep him up. <laughs> hey, Mike, I forgot about this. Mike, I had a question for you. Inside Harness does comments for the Meadowlands for trainers and drivers each and every live race night. You can check it out. It's Marty Marsh who does them, and he's been on this show before. Mike, what was Scott's comment on that horse? inside harness <laughs> uh, i don't remember i don't, I don't uh, john said something to me about this today but i, I, Ray, what I was that to get the horse had no chance or something um i can find the exact one hopeless, one hopeless yeah yeah hopeless <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're single of the night the driver is transparently saying before the race hopeless hopeless well, how, how am the i supposed I'm looking at the lines of this horse, seeing a feasible chance and outcome for this horse to be put into the race, and the, the driver just goes, "Nah, I don't feel. I don't. I don't. I don't." He, if Scott and I were in a room together, he would have inspiration. That horse would have won. Are you appealing your podcast ban that you received from that? He must be on appeal currently. <laughs> so, so Ray, are, are you on the Linda Rice plan? 
<laughs> so, Ray, will you be will you be at the Meadowlands? I, I want to give our listeners as much transparency as possible. Will you be at the Meadowlands on Saturday night? Oh, uh, uh, no. Oh, uh, no. No, Scott had his chance to be inspired. Clearly, I cannot put faith in that man, so he's yeah, on his about, own. What about Jonathan Ali? Will he be inspired by you at some point along Jonathan the way? Jonathan Ali does not need my inspiration. He will be... He will be holding on for his life as our third rock is barreling home at 800 to one. And I have the only winning ticket on him. And afterwards, he's going to start crying because he's he, he, he thought he was going to fall off and something bad was going to happen. That, that horse is going to blow through everyone. 10,000 to one, I think. That's what I'm going to get. I, I really hope the program coming from Jonathan is something equivalent to Scott's the other week. But <laughs> uh, $27 tickets for me, 5-6 with 2-3-8 with 2-4-5 with 2-4-5. That's the true ticket. But come on, if you want the min- mispunched ticket that almost appeared on FanDuel TV and it's just like aesthetically pleasing, it's 5-6 with 2-4-5 with 2-4-5 with 2-4-5. Come on. So take either one, play both $54, whatever. 14 races on the Saturday card, December 31st, 2022. And we've just hit the hour mark. And Okay, fine, I'll waste Five more minutes of all of our time. Ray, yeah. best moment for you of 2022 racing related and, I don't know, any sort of inspirational goal or something you look forward to in 2023? Oh, my my, my best moment was when I did my first ever simulcast gig with Yonkers and everyone who somehow didn't know who I was uh, knew who I was when I gave Aston Hill Dave at 170 bucks as my top pick to win. And then I got to say, well, I know one of us is alive in the pick five. I didn't catch that pick five, though. I got knocked out of the next leg. 2023, season two of Harness Land is coming back, and I hope to I hope to keep making interesting video content related to racing with Horse Racing Nation and hope to make that show into something even bigger uh, than it has been just in the little rollout uh, experimental first season, just trying to figure things out as we go. Um, and beyond that, just try to... You know, keep, keep trying to push the envelope in whatever way because it, it, it's a changing world. My body is changing each and every day. I wake up every six months a different person than I was back then, both you know intellectually and also physically because all my cells die off and get replaced by new ones. So I'm constantly reinventing and uh, reinvigorating all, all, all those re's. Um, Mike, you save your voice there. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to 2023 being a, being a productive year. Mike, are you asking what? What uh, same questions? What? What was my best moment of 2022? Uh, my favorite my- personal moment, racing related, was being on the Breeders' Crown bro- broadcast uh, at Mohawk on Friday night. That was a blast. That was great. Uh, my favorite race was actually that Saturday night when Bulldog won his race. That was just I don't know. I had that. I was very. I was just so happy that I was there. And uh, that was a lot of fun. The Rosecroft gig that we did was was really fun too. I enjoyed that. And uh, 2023, I I feel like the the, the pods for in the money are going to pick up. Uh, the the uh, the Nahu stuff's going to get even bigger than it already is, and hopefully we can keep it going. Um, I was gonna say I did not mean this to be a a in the money in the show promo, but now that we're there and talking about 2023, I guess that's where I gotta go. That yeah, I think we got a lot of exciting things coming up here. We're looking forward to in 2023. Um, and quite honestly, I just look forward to getting back to Grand Circuit season already. I mean, I I just it really thoroughly enjoyed this year. Um, and just uh, 
you know, phenomenal racing from start to finish from May to November, end of November, and look forward to getting back to it uh, in a couple months here when we get back around to May. As for 2022, um, you know, the big days are always exciting, and uh, this year in particular, I really enjoyed, of course, um, Hamiltonian Day. Uh, getting to watch Jim Campbell win both. Uh, Scott Farber, owner of Cool Papa Bell, very cool to see his emotions as he, uh, uh, you know, contested off his media interviews after the race. And, of course, at the time, never could have known it would be the last major broadcast for me to do with Dave Brower. So, of course, very meaningful day there. And just, you know, always just a phenomenal day of racing, though. Always great to see all the great fans come out for Hamiltonian Day. So, And it's also uh, sounds a lot warmer right now than it is right now at the end of December. So we'll look forward to getting back to that kind of weather. But with that, racing fans, that's a look at our last card of 2022 at the Meadowlands. Friday, Saturday racing, December 30th, December 31st to close out 2022. Racing for the Meadowlands will roll on, though, for the long foreseeable future. Every weekend, we will race the Meadowlands through Hamiltonian Saturday, Saturday, August, I think it's either 5th or 7th, whichever day it is. I think it's the 7th. Saturday, August 7th. Nope, it's 5th. Saturday, August 5th, 2023. Two Sundays thrown in there, January 22nd and 29th. And yeah, a lot of racing for the Meadowlands, including this weekend. So we will wish you the best luck in all your wagering this weekend. Hope all your bets are winning ones at the Meadowlands and everywhere else you're wagering. And we will talk to you. 2023.